0: It's the start of a new week, and we got a lot to talk about. You got the Super Bowl with Jalen and Devontae and Landon. You got bracketology. Alabama's still way up there. Uh, you've got recruiting going on. You got coordinator searches. But you know one thing that people seem to forget about, but is always a lot of fun, is a Senior Bowl.
1: Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your
0: team every day. Hey everybody, welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today?
1: Good, good. Big week, uh, Senior Bowl, Super Bowl, lots of bowls, multiple bowls.
0: All kind of bowls, and and Kirby Smart has a bowl cut. I mean, it's just (laughs) bowls everywhere. Um, So, uh, Jimmy, uh, I do want to start out by giving a hearty and thorough congratulations to Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, uh, Landon Dickerson, and Josh Job, who actually got a punch in, apparently, uh, in the game yesterday. So congratulations to him. But four Alabama dudes will be playing in the Super Bowl for the Philadelphia Eagles. Therefore, I will be a huge Eagles fan. As If you ever listen to this podcast, you know my son's a big Eagles fan for absolutely no reason. He just always has been. And um, so I'm I'm thrilled to death for them. I think that's fantastic. And, uh, yeah, it's great. I mean, Jalen and Devontae playing up uh, against Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey is going to be a lot of fun.
1: Absolutely. Uh, the Eagles, my, my team as well, uh, you know, this late in the playoffs and really happy for Jalen. I mean, the movie that they ultimately make about Jalen's life will be too hard to believe. Uh, and I mean, in terms of how I mean, just go back to like when I think about the, quote, low point of Jalen's time at Alabama it's probably the Auburn game in 2017. When Alabama lost to Jordan Hare, we thought we might have lost a chance to play in the playoff. Jalen didn't play well at all. A lot of calls to to, to, to replace him with the freshman Tua uh, uh, after that Auburn game. But if the funny thing to me, Luke, about how football works is, if you'd have been the one guy on the planet Earth that wandered into an Alabama message board that night in the in the depths of despair and said, "One day Jalen will be a legitimate NFL MVP candidate and carry his team to the Super Bowl," you would have been called the dumbest guy on the whole planet. But the fact of the matter is, all the naysayers the ones looking not so smart that night.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you, um, if you remember, I remember that that 2017 game well. There was uh, one pass uh, Jalen had that, that was nice. It was a touchdown by Jerry Judy. Um, on Johnson had a big game against us. But I'll, I'll maintain this to the day I die, and maybe this is my inner Bama speaking, but had Alabama played um Tua Tagovailoa like say after halftime of that game then I believe we would have won the Auburn game but but what we might have gone to the Georgia game and now Georgia would have had time to prepare for Tua you know a week and maybe they beat us and so maybe in the SEC title game maybe we we probably still would have gotten in the playoffs so but they then they would also have the a little bit more of a Tua playbook because the second time Georgia played Tua, people forget this in the SEC title game in 2018. Uh, you know, they they did they had some time to prepare, they played him pretty doggone well. That's so, right. um, now they had a year to prepare for him, but they they played him pretty well. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right about that. That that game was, um, it's funny how life works out. I mean, because frankly, I think that game. Um, and the subsequent Clemson game where Jalen was very mid. I mean, he just wasn't very good in that game either. He was okay. Um, was, his best touchdown pass was to uh, Deron Payne. <laughs> I mean, th- that's that's bad. Um, and then, of course, in the Georgia game, he he was practically abysmal um, in the first half. But I think that helped define him. I mean, he he yeah. actually had an interview in the Eagles game beforehand and said, I wouldn't change anything. You know, I needed that. I needed, uh, yeah, it hurt. He said it hurt, but he needed it. And, um, sometimes, you know, a friend of mine once told me when I was going through my divorce, uh, said, you know, and I know this is a very famous saying, but tough times don't last tough people do. And it's hard when you're in the middle of the tough times to buy into that. But when you're out of the tough times, you can go, okay, that helped shape me, you know, and it, it helped me get through. And, and now I look at life a little differently um, and and I think that Jalen Hurts um, it, it certainly shaped him and helped shape his career because you cannot phase that man. That it man was
1: sad. Is, it was sad when you got diver- divorced from Jalen Hurts.
0: It was. It was sad. Uh, <laughs> but you know, Jalen, I, I'm glad Jalen's happy now. I just want Jalen to be happy.
1: <laughs> Jalen's um, happier than you are over the divorce. And, and you know what's he weird is well. he,
0: he wanted me to have the kids. Um, <laughs> Uh, so I got the kids. He got the, you know, what I he got the gold mine. I got the shaft, hey, I think um, this
1: offseason you're headed for a big old alimony check, pal.
0: I know. I'm, there's nobody's pulling for Jalen Hurts more than I am. <laughs> there's no. Speaking of that, I mean, Jalen could be a the first NFL's first gazillion dollar man. You know,
1: I, I think he's going to get a minimum forty million a year just a, a question of are the Eagles going to commit to him for 10 years? I would guess with as much running around as he does, they're going to be hesitant to give him a 10-year deal like Mahomes got. So, I don't know, about seven times 40 is 280000000 million. That, that'll probably He'd do him. Good.
0: Well, He'd but him. here's the thing. Jalen, our our main man, a former tighter, um Bama alum, graduate,
1: <laughs>
0: we need um, – what do we need, like? $75 million for a new basketball arena? Two years, baby, and you got that thing paid for. You talking about Jalen Hurts Memorial Coliseum? Is that what you're talking I'm about? I'm talking about Jalen Hurts Memorial Coliseum. Now, let's also talk about Devontae Smith. And first of all, Devontae's best play yesterday really shouldn't have counted. It was a – I mean, it, it, I hate to say it's a drop because it makes it sound like he just fumbled it away, which didn't happen. He tried – he made an unbelievably acrobatic – attempt at catching the ball that it was almost impossible to control, but he was smart enough to get up and say, you know, let's go. I guess this means let's get up to the huddle. I mean, get up to the line. Yeah.
1: That's uh that's a uh, ACL for that ASL. What's an AC? ACL is more of a football thing. I got, I think ACL is more of a language thing.
0: What, what the heck are you talking about? Like American
1: sign language. Is that it? Is that Oh, it?
0: American. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I do remember my, my daughter used to do, I think it was, I think this was more like when Sela was really young and like she would like something, she'd be dancing and the song would go off. She'd go more, more. And I, I remember that. And that's maybe that's what he was saying. Like more, or maybe he was signing Anywho, I bring it um, up
1: because if people seen the uh, press conference with Nick Sirianni when the game was over and uh, he has three young kids and uh, his, his two-year-old daughter seemed to be trying to uh, sign everything that was being said or, that's what it kind of looked like she was doing, and he had to make her stop and it was it was funny
0: well, I'll tell you, um look, I've been to Philadelphia a bunch of times. I really like Philadelphia, but it's a rough town i mean i'm I mean nobody's ever gonna say it's not you know you're battle tested if you grew up in in Philly, right, but it's got two of the nicest dudes that you'll ever know. I mean, these two guys are perfect for Philadelphia because all they do is put their head down put their nose to the grindstone, work their tails off and and understand that they're also blessed athletically, but they don't take that for granted. They don't talk a lot of trash. They just go out there and win ball games all the time and make unbelievable plays. They don't talk about I'm going to get mine, you know, all that stuff. They they just go out there and do their job and do it with a with an incredible workmanlike attitude. And I would put Landon Dickerson in that category a little bit. Um and you know it, it's it, Philadelphia is going to love these guys forever. There's going to be a statue of Rocky, and then there's going to be Devontae, and then there's going to be Jalen.
1: The pigeons will be happy.
0: <laughs> uh, but, all right, buddy. Let's tell. Let me tell everybody about FanDuel. You know, I forgot to say this, so I'm going to say it now. Thank you for making us your first lesson, And this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, and that's FanDuel. Look at this little crawler or whatever you call that thing that there is, layover or whatever, overlay, maybe overlay. Um, A layover is in an airport. New customers join today and get started with $150 in free bets. That's guaranteed when you place your first $5 bets. All you got to do is place a $5 bet, and you get $150 bets, $150 in bets, guaranteed. That's cash money right there. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on, FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. So, I mean, when the Super Bowl comes around, it's like you want to bet on the coin toss. You want to bet on which official makes the f- – First call, whatever. Do it right there at FanDuel. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with Same Game Parlay, all on an app that's safe and secure and easy to use. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL, and that's kind of a big deal. Also, want to tell everybody to check out Locked On College Basketball. Maybe the Alabama stuff has subsided a little bit, so you can check them out now and listen to them. And, and look, it's time to get into bracketology, time to get back into the SEC play. Locked On College Basketball will have you covered. Go check them out. Their podcast is absolutely awesome. All right, Jimmy, one thing you're working on uh, are the 12 guys, draft-eligible guys for Alabama, and a lot of those guys are at the Senior Bowl. And uh, you're working on a little thing for own three about that. So why don't you just run down this list?
1: Sure. Well, it's not just – I mean, I, I think as of this morning, I would uh, project, and I'm going to project, 12 players uh, from Alabama that will be drafted in April, which is an amazing number. I, before Saban, Luke, I remember uh, – specifically remember that before Saban, six was like a lot. Six was like near – it wasn't the record but six was like well above average and was sort of like a target number for Alabama uh, pre-Saban. And basically Nick Saban has shown up and over the course of the, the Saban dynasty has doubled that number and is literally doing so again this year. Right now I feel 12 guys are very likely to be drafted. Several are here in, in, uh, in Mobile uh, this week, which is why we're bringing it up now. It's Senior Bowl week. Uh, I'm working on this piece for BAM Insider, but basically I'm going to say uh, project – that there'll be three uh, first-round picks. Uh, No surprises there, Bryce Young, uh, Will Anderson, and and, and Brian Branch. And I I think Bryce is very very likely to go as high as number one. I think there could be a trade with the Bears uh, from a quarterback-hungry team like the Texans or the Colts that could move up to number one and and, and select Bryce. Will Anderson will will go in the top five. I think a a good marriage for Will uh, in the top five is the Arizona Cardinals. Who among the top five teams uh, specifically will be looking for a pass rusher in this draft? So uh, I I, I don't know that you can pencil Will into the Cardinals, but that that looks like the betting favorite this morning. Brian Branch uh, will go at some point in the first round. I've seen projections as high as number ten, as low as number thirty. Fun though that the uh, one projection I saw that had him going thirty was to the Eagles, which would be fun. You know, I know I know I know Brian would like to go higher than that. For, for the money and the prestige, but uh, adding another Alabama player, to the Eagles, and, and, and the Eagles do need help in the secondary. Branch would be fantastic uh, in Philadelphia, but those three will go in the first round. I think there'll be nine other Alabama players taken. Several of them are here in Mobile. I think Jameer Gibbs will go probably day two. Uh, that's round two or round three. I, th- I think as a third down back and special teams player, he'll be uh, highly valued and, and will go uh, day two. I think uh, Cam Latu will be drafted, most likely day three. I think he's trying to prove in Mobile this week that he's a day two guy and not a day three guy. Uh, right now I'll say day three, but I wouldn't be shocked if Latu moved a little higher. Uh, he, he's got the quintessential NFL build, uh, and he'll prove this week that, that that he's a leader. He's trying to prove that. Uh, two offensive linemen are in Mobile this week, Emil Echior and Tyler Steen. I think they're both likely day three guys. Uh, guards don't typically go very high in the draft. Ekior will be one of the better guards in the draft, but that's still probably a day three thing. Tyler Steen is in Mobile. I think the NFL with him is eager to see, are you a tackle in the NFL where he's always played in college, or is he a guard? And I think that's, that's the question that scouts have for Steen this week that he's trying to address. On the defensive side of the ball, Byron Young has a chance, I think, to go day two, uh, he's he's trying to prove that this week. There's a great defensive line group in Mobile. Byron's uh, w- working to prove that he he belongs in day two of the draft, not day three. D.J. Dale is a nose guard, uh, more likely a day three guy, period. Nose guards, much like guards on the offensive side, typically don't, be, don't you know, they're typically not drafted high, but they're sort of seen as run stuffers and not pass rushers. Uh, Henry Toho Toho is in town. He could end up being the highest drafted of all the guys here in mobile uh, and and he's trying to prove that he is a solid day two guy. He could fall into day three. I'm sure there'll be questions about his size, physicality, but he's trying to prove he's a day two guy. And then uh, the defensive backs uh, just one is in mobile, although several could be drafted. I think Jordan battle is a day two guy for sure. I think he's one of the, the few guys on the team that's like, Hey, you can just pencil, jordan battle into day two but he is uh not here in mobile he was invited and accepted however he's still fighting injuries he suffered during the season and doesn't feel like he's healthy enough and hey this is a job interview if you're not 100 it's not a good idea to participate uh you know and, and not be at your best so jordan ba- battle has decided not to come to mobile and uh tend to his uh health and get uh perfectly healthy for the compound uh eli rick's uh, went pro early. So he is, uh, of course, not eligible to be in Mobile. Uh, he's working out, preparing for the draft. I think with questions off the field and with questions about how Eli didn't have a good junior year, didn't play until late in the season, all that stuff, I think Eli's probably a day three selection in the draft. And uh, and, and that'll be your, uh, your 12 guys. Uh, a couple other guys are here in Mobile, though, including DeMarco Helms. I think Helms. Uh, is proving that he's draft worthy. That's the thing for Helms this week. There'll be questions about his speed, his ability to play in coverage. He can answer a lot of those questions this week, so it's really good that Helms is here. Uh, we'll see if he can uh, perform well enough to get on some some draft boards. So, But he would be player number 13, assuming he was drafted.
0: Yes, I'm muted. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> I can't, I mean, I can't shake it. I know people, people think love I'm doing it. this on purpose. I mean, people love it. The people demand it. Do you remember in a um, good morning Vietnam when every time Forrest Whitaker got in the Jeep, it was already running and Robin Williams like, if the motor's on, you don't have to crank it. I mean, yeah. I feel like I'm doing that. Like, I'm not doing it on purpose. I'm just that stupid. Um, <laughs> That's, a also,
1: That's a great analogy, by the way. I was cool. You pulled that one out of it.
0: Um, no I, I just thought of it, uh, but that I'm also getting ready for my colonoscopy tomorrow. So I'm, oh, yeah. I'm hungry. turning the barrel. Literally. It is. Is it a, do I have to get in a barrel? <laughs> That's the part they don't want to
1: scare you with. they They don't tell you about that part until
0: the end. Oh man. Tomorrow, I, I right? mean, it is tomorrow. And it's what really sucks is, work. is, um, it's not even in the morning. It'd be fine if it were in the morning, because then you know, you do all this prep work or whatever, when the prep's worse than the procedure, I'm told, you've told me, everybody's told me, but mine is in the afternoon. So I can't eat all day today and I can't eat in the morning tomorrow. And there is nothing I enjoy more than eating. So, um, and I'm, I'm one of those that like, I eat what I like. If I go somewhere and they don't have stuff I like, I don't eat it. But the problem is like, I'm as an adult, you should practice self control and things like that. I don't do it. If I'm thinking, you know what, I really like a bear claw. I just drive to the convenience store and go get me a bear claw, and I come back to work. You that's know, a heck of a dinner, good dinner. But I mean, that's not dinner. That's usually just something I have like at night. Sounds to me like your draft, your you know, your prep
1: work might take more than a day.
0: My, my prep a, work may uh, take more you than, than might a day. need a
1: prep week if there's been uh, bear claw dinners for uh, for your 50 years.
0: I'm afraid uh, uh, when they do this thing, they may they may have to do a lot over it at the Goo Goo Car Wash, I mean, that we have <laughs> over here because uh, I'm, I, I don't think they know what all I've been eating recently. But anyway, um, all right, let's take another break. When we come back, we're going to talk some more about this and just some random Alabama nuggets. Be sure to check out Locked on College Basketball. That's still out there. I'm still telling you to check it out. You still need to go see it. Um Jimmy, uh, on the draft eligible guys, uh, I want to finish up there. I was about to say something. I totally got lost because I was muted. Um, <laughs> but th- there was a guy on Twitter who is apparently a draft, you know, expert. Everybody's a draft expert, just like everybody's got a podcast now. Um, but but anyway, I'd leave the podcast to the professionals. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway. <The bear laughs> anyway uh, he was talking about, he was like, I'm watching Alabama, Tennessee, you know, and he was bragging on Bryce Young and and um, I think he was bragging on Will Anderson. And then he said, Henry To'o To'o should not even be discussed as being drafted. Yeah, I thought that was a little bizarre. He's like, And look, I think Henry was probably a little overrated by everybody too. I'm fine with saying that, saying he shouldn't be drafted a little bit much. And then he said, I don't know who number two for Alabama is, talking about DeMarco Hellams. He said, but that may be the worst defensive back I've seen Alabama have in the Nick Saban tenure. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, wow, that is a statement. Now, it's, it's not as bad as being called the worst defensive back in the Bill Curry era because even the worst defensive back in the Nick Saban era is probably really good, but it's still, I I thought that was a little bit harsh. I just wanted to throw that. I'm not going to even put the guy's name out there because I don't want, you know, anybody tweeting at him or whatever, giving me any extra clicks, but I just thought that was, that was harsh. Um, Well, they're both here in Mobile and Toa Toa does have his critics, even
1: in the Alabama fan base. Uh, What I would, you know, the reason that I think Toa, Toa is a better prospect than his biggest critics realize is the intangibles. It is the leadership. It is the uh, ability to see, diagnose, uh, making line calls. He he's superb at those things. It's things that fans don't see that make Toa, Toa really good. The things that the fans do see is he's not that big. And for a guy that's not that big, he's not uber athletic. Yeah. Uh, and those things will keep him up, certainly out of day one. Probably out of day two, and I would say that Henry's probably a fifth-round draft pick. That that that's what I feel. Uh, <laughs> but let, let's see. Uh, he, he 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 can he can cover better than people think, uh, and he's a good tackler. Uh, I, I just I think he's just one of those kids that's not nearly as bad as his loudest critics suggest. Mm-hmm. He's also not a great player. I'm not suggesting that he is or that he should go day one and everybody's crazy. I'm just saying you, you just got to evaluate Henry for what he is. He's, he's a good, flawed prospect. Helms is sort of similar. Uh, hey, if, if you know, that scout, one thing about him, I'm like, hey, if you're an NFL team that's drafting DeMarco Helms because you want him to run deep routes and verticals and you want him to, to go vertical with, uh, with NFL wide receivers, then you deserve to lose your job. That's not what Helms does. Helms is going to be scheme specific. And what Helms does well, he does extremely well. You're talking about a guy who's basically started part most of four years for Nick Saban, another guy that knows where to be, when to be there, physical player. He'll be great on special teams. He's just He's just weak in one area. That's significant, and, and it's not a great thing for him. Everything else, he does exceptionally well. DeMarco, to me, is one of those guys, Luke, who may not be drafted, but he he also might make a team.
0: Um, we're going to go ahead and cut it short right there because I want to get into uh, a couple of names for offensive coordinator that have come up recently. I saw them online, um, and you know we'd all heard whispers, but one name is Freddie Kitchens, and I want to talk about that um, tomorrow's podcast. Uh, they put that name out there, and frankly, I'd kind of dig it. I think there's a lot to like about freddie kitchens in the sense that um, he's a former alabama player he loves the state uh, he loves the university of alabama he's a little bit chunky which most of us can relate to i think that's all positive i don't want cliff kingsbury coming up there and stealing all our wives um <laughs> anyway no i'm just teasing we'll talk about uh all the uh, potential candidates tomorrow uh hopefully maybe we have a hire by then but i'm doubting it but until then jimmy we will uh, we'll be back then and uh, roll tide everybody.
1: Roll tide.